Hi, I'm The Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 92 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I am Amy, also known as The Ish Girl, and I just want to welcome you to the show today. Whether you've been with me for a long time or you are just joining me, I am so excited that you're here. Now, we're in the second week of August, and for some of you, you have already experienced the first days of this crazy school year. And I hope that it's going really well for all of you guys who are already in into your class time and have met your students and all the things. Now, as I've mentioned in some previous episodes, the year ahead looks very different for everyone. Like, I'm not, that's not breaking news, right? It looks really different for everyone because of the COVID situation that we've got going on. And as I talked about in a previous episode, I think our normal human knee-jerk reaction to the kind of change that we're facing and to the um, even danger that we're facing is to be fearful and uncertain and overwhelmed. Those are often our defaults. But my question is, Are those kinds of thoughts ones that serve you? Because if you've ever been in front of a group of kids, or really if you've ever spoken in in front of any kind of group, you know that your energy matters. And it especially matters in any kind of classroom. So again, another question I have for you is, when is your energy certain, calm, confident. So in the last episode, I talked about designing an ecosystem for yourself, which just kind of encompasses all of the external side of cultivating that kind of energy, that certainty, that calm, that confidence. Today, I'm going to talk about the internal side of that, because teaching happens from the inside out. And while fake it till you make it might work for a little while, that kind of effort is exhausting. And let's be real, kids and dogs are pros at sniffing out a faker. So how do you create this internal sense of certainty and calm and confidence? Because whether you're in a face-to-face classroom or a virtual or both, again, that energy matters. So there are four keys that are super important when you're wanting to create that kind of internal setting. Now, the first one of those things may sound a little trite, and I think it's definitely in the Urban Dictionary right now, and that is, you gotta do you. And that's just, a, a again, a trendy way of saying to be yourself. So you've really got to know who you are internally. And the way that you do that is, there are several things you can do. Number one, you really want to have a firm grasp on the personality type that you have. And I'm just going to stay right up front. This is this is informational. This is not about making excuses. So this is not about like, oh, well, I'm an ENFP, so I can't really, I'm not good with paying attention or, you know, that kind of thing. No, it's, hey, I'm an ENFP and I know that I have to take really strategic measures in order to pay attention and to take notes and to get my stuff done, so forth and so on, right? So, and and for those of you who are fo- following along, ENFP is, um, is part of the Myers-Briggs. It's a personality type with a Myers-Briggs test. 
But there are all kinds of personality stuff out there that that can really help you pinpoint where your strengths and your challenges are, whether it's the Myers-Briggs or, and I'll put all these in my show notes for you guys. So it's stuff like that, or like the Enneagram, like you're number one through nine. Um, There are just several, like you can be a different colors, like red, not, yeah, gold, orange, blue, green, all those kinds of things. So really having a a feel for what your strengths and weaknesses are is super helpful in getting comfortable internally with what's going on around you. Okay. The other thing that's really great to know in, in doing you is what your triggers are. Are there certain things that just really set you off or you know are going to throw you into fight, flight, or freeze? So being aware of those and understanding that that's part of your makeup is really helpful in staying calm and confident in your classrooms. And virtual, again, virtual or or face-to-face. Um, you also might want to figure out what your learning styles are, because once you figured that out, you might really recognize that, oh, wow, I am teaching as if I was, I'm teaching the way that I learn best. So you, it can help you expand your repertoire of activities and strategies and instruction because you're, you're, you recognize that you have to reach other types of learners as well. And then also figuring out what biases you might have. Now, this is something super interesting that I feel like the school district where I taught, um, they had the resource where we were able to um, go into other teachers' classrooms or invite teachers into our own classrooms. And they would just sit at the back of the class and they would gather data. And that data would be things like, how many times did you call on girls? How many times did you call on boys? Um, What type of instructional strategies did you use? Like what learning styles were you aiming for? So it, it was not judgmental at all. It was just gathering data to kind of see where you could improve, where you had strengths, where you needed to kind of maybe expand a little bit because you might have a blind spot or a bias. Okay, so that's all under you do you, all right? Okay, the second thing that I wanna talk to you about is defining your deeper purpose. I would encourage you to really examine, to really define, like write it out on paper. Why are you here? Why are you in your classroom? Why are you teaching? Why are you teaching the subject? Why are you at the level of teaching that you're at, whether it's elementary, middle, or high school? really write it out. What brought you here? Why are you here? And then you also want to really look at what is the one thing that you want your students to walk away with at the end of the year? If they don't say anything else other than this one thing, what do you want them to have learned and gained from you? And keep in mind, that doesn't have to be specifically academic based on what your subject area is. It could be, it might be something along the lines of, I want students to walk out of my classroom with a love for reading, or I want my students to walk out of my classroom with the confidence that they can solve any math problem. Or it might be something like, I want my students to walk out of my classroom as enthusiastic recyclers, lifelong recyclers. So 
just figure out what is that one thing that you want for them. And then also, I would really take the time to write down and plan for how you want your students to feel in your classroom. So for me, it was super important that my students felt seen and heard. So they knew that their voice mattered. I taught civics. I wanted them to know that their vote mattered, that staying current, you know, up to date with current events and, and all that kind of thing was important because their voice mattered. They were seen and they were heard. So how do you want them to feel every day when they walk into your classroom? And what is that feeling that you want them to be able to say 20 years from now? Hey, when I was in her class, when I was in his class, I felt X, Y, Z. So that's something that you might really want to take the time to define. Why are you here? What is the one thing you want your students to walk away with at the end of the year? And how do you want them to feel in your classroom? Okay, the next one would be to master your mindset. So you've really got to look at how you're thinking. You got to think about your thinking. And that is going to involve things like do you have a growth mindset? Do you believe that people can change and grow and expand versus having a fixed mindset, which would be more along the lines of things are the way they are. It is what it is. It's not going to change. People aren't going to change. So which mindset is going to best serve you in your classroom? And that brings me to another mindset within your classroom, and it's this one. Is information and learning a two-way street in your classroom, or is it a one-way street? And what I mean by that is, do you have the mindset that you are the one imparting knowledge and teaching and advising and sharing your wisdom with your students, and it only goes that one direction from you to your students? Or do you have a mindset of, I have a lot to learn from my students as well? When you can make your classroom a place where it is a two-way street, when you can have that mindset, you open the door to being able to connect on a much different, deeper level because you're building trust with every interaction. And when someone, whether it's a teenager or an adult, feels like the person that they're working with is not willing to listen to your ideas or your thoughts or your knowledge, then that really does place a block in that relationship. So I would say that mindset of being open to their suggestions and um, giving them the opportunity to do some student-directed learning um, having an attitude of, hey, we're going to figure this out together. Because I think most of us would say that our students, our teens, um, have a lot more knowledge in the world of technology as far as specific apps or resources or how to use them. A lot of them are much more proficient and knowledgeable in those areas. So especially right now where we're using virtual classrooms and a lot more technology than perhaps we've been used to in the past, they can be great resources for us. Okay, and then um, another mindset that I would definitely adopt if you haven't already, I'm hoping you have already, is the idea of there's no losing or failing, there's only learning. So you're gonna normalize making mistakes um, and encourage risk-taking 
within your classroom. And so having that risk-taking mindset that nothing is a failure, that, that it's all about learning is, is a really beneficial mindset to have in your classroom. So I recently heard something related to this that I just thought was beautiful and I loved it. And that is, if you look at NASA, they never talk about failed attempts. They talk about early attempts at success. So it's never about being a failure or having failed or, you know, whatever. It's early attempts at success. And to me, that is just exactly what I mean by this mindset shift of, you know, it's not about whether you failed or didn't hit the mark. It's all about your learning along the journey. Okay. All right. And then the last one, I just want to reiterate for many, many, many of you, there is no state testing this year. So if this applies to you, then I would adopt a no pressure mindset. Because if you continue to do things the way that you've always done, you can do that. That can be your choice. But if you can really kind of take a a global view of, okay, what does this year look like? What opportunities do I have because I don't have these testing constraints? What opportunities do I have to do different things in my classroom, to structure things differently, to maybe explore different ideas and concepts and theories and all the things? So how can you maybe transcend some of the constraints, I would say, of what you have to work with this year because of COVID, how can you transcend those by expanding what you are teaching and how your students are learning in your classroom? Okay. And then the last thing, number four, is super, super important. I'm a huge advocate for it. Um, And that would be, I would say, in order to have that calm internal energy, to be able to exude that to your students, one of the things that you're going to have to commit to is scheduling regular self-care, all right? Schedule it, schedule it, schedule it. You've got to be super intentional. And here's the thing. Self-care doesn't have to look expensive or time-consuming or expansive. It's all about your intentionality. So if you are taking the little things that you've got going on in your life, whether it is a cup of hot tea or a good book that you read for 15 minutes or a walk that you take in the morning or in the afternoon or whenever, really take the time to make sure that you are doing that. Because again, showing up for your students and for yourself is super important. And taking those moments and being intentional and being deliberate is really going to help you have a much calmer mindset. You wanna be really intentional about feeling all your feels and processing all of that outside your classroom. So give yourself the time and the space to really let yourself feel all the things that are going on inside, because again, this is a crazy time. And not only are you dealing with all kinds of new modalities of instruction and new expectations and new levels of of interaction, whether it's with parents or students or whatever, you might also be processing grief or loss or helping take care of a sick loved one. Like, So really make sure you're processing all of your feels. 
And then again, um, and I talked about this on a prior episode, a couple of them actually, there cannot be any more seven-day work weeks, period. So really, um, if you go back to the previous episode to this one, um, I am talking about how to set up your ecosystem. And that is something I super emphasized is to set up a schedule and stick to it. Okay, so really making sure you're managing yourself and showing up for yourself and doing good self-care. Again, that tired old analogy of putting your oxygen mask on first in the airplane is totally applicable here as well. So ironing all these things out, once you have decided to do you and to define your deeper purpose, to master your mindset, and to schedule self-care, ironing all those things out is going to create the kind of energy that you want your students to feed off of with you. So when kids feel that certainty and calm from you, they're going to be able to relax subconsciously and get about the business of learning. And just a couple of final words of advice. Again, I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to reach out for help from your colleagues, from people you went to university with, from people in Facebook groups that are dedicated to your grade and subject level. Um, Just anything that you are struggling with, just remember that you do not have to carry it on your own. And then also, as always, I would love for you to have tons of grace for yourself. And when you can share that with your students, when you can say, hey, you know what? Here's what I did yesterday. It was a total mistake. I messed this up or I taught this wrong to you guys yesterday. And oh my gosh, let's start over or here's how we're going to do it now. When you, again, can normalize um picking yourself up after making a mistake or doing something wrong or whatever, it gives your students permission to do the same. You are modeling that and setting that forth as an option where it, there doesn't have to be shame or, you know, all the negative things that can, that can crop up around a mistake or, or doing something wrong. Okay. So make sure you're having that grace with yourself and giving it to your students too. All right, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope that this has been super beneficial for you. I just want to be an encouragement during this crazy, crazy time where classrooms look so different than they have in the past. Um, I would love to hear from you guys and know how your classrooms are going and how they're getting started. If you have not started school yet and you are looking for some planning resources, I just want to encourage you to grab my Start Strong in the Middle checklist. It's something that I put out last year around this time of year. And it's just a simple checklist of all the things that you want to make sure you've covered as you are setting up your classroom and planning things. But I have added to that this year and created a separate checklist for your virtual classroom as well. So I would just encourage you to grab that. And that is in the show notes. You can find a link to that at theishgirl.com forward slash EP92. You can find that there. And then I would love for you, if you have, again, found this helpful or encouraging at all, 
I would love for you to share it with friends, family, whomever is in your circle who you think might benefit from it as well. And if you're feeling especially generous, I would love for you to leave a rating and review for In the Middle of It on Apple iTunes because truly that is the best way to help other people find the podcast and find these resources as well. All right, friends, from an ish girl who is already looking forward to Thanksgiving when all of my chicks will be back in the nest, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.